You're about to listen to episode 50 of Women Who Kill. Five, zero, 50, that's a big deal, right? That's a milestone. In addition to this episode, you're going to be able to find a bonus episode on Patreon. And you can find that at patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. To get access, just join. Join the Women Who Illuminati. Five bucks a month gets you access to not only all of the archives of the show, but any bonus content. I also send out free stuff once in a while. If you're enjoying the show so far, don't forget to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Helps a lot. Helps new people find us. Our guest today, very funny writer, Ash Fisher. Hello. So uh, today we're going to be talking about Carla Homolka. Carla Homolka. I'm very excited. I also like that when you promote you proposed that we do Carla Homolka when I gave you a list that my friend had made for me. Uh-huh. And then after I was like, ooh, there's this other Canadian serial killer. And she like raped and killed her little sister. And you're like, that's Carla Homolka. Yeah. Like, great. I do know the case. Yeah. <laughs> this is wild. Uh, I think one of the most notable things about this case was that uh, she's Canadian. <laughs> we like to think that Canadians are nice people. Yeah. And here's one thing that we've got on Canada. They may have free health insurance, but you know what else they have? If you uh, murder someone and serve a little bit of time, you can just get out of jail and move to wherever you want with a new identity. Yeah. And live in peace in neighborhoods with children and uh, old people, vulnerable people. And you don't ever have to go to your neighbor's door and be like, Hey, just had to let you know, per the law. <laughs> yeah, so is she not even registered as a sex offender? Nope. Wow. Unconditional release. We'll get to that. Now, Carla Leanne Homolka was born on May 4th, 1970. What sign does that make her? What's May 4th? May 4th is a Taurus, I think. Does that track? I don't know. Do okay. you think that I'm someone who knows about astrology? Absolutely. <laughs> I can see why you would think that. I'm someone who pretends to have the most base level interest so that I could get laid in the Bay Area. Oh. And that's about my extent of astrology. Um, I, I, think that's, I think that's a Taurus, though. Okay. Well, let's see. I feel like, so they're a bull. So that's uh-huh. supposed to be like stubborn, strong, right? Your guess is as good as mine. Right? I don't know. Uh, she's a Gen Xer. That's what more jumps out to me uh-huh hedonism hedonism beauty n- not caring artistry a love of luxury and comfort cocaine those are basic the basic traits i don't know uh much more to to dig deeper than that so let's talk about her upbringing her parents were dorothy and carl i guess in canada they spell Carl weird. Is it K-A-R-E-L? Uh-huh. I have a friend named that. It's Carell. Is it Carell? Yeah. What kind of name is that? His name is, his last name is Von Beekham. Oh. So it's that like Swiss oh. or something. Which I guess Homolka is yeah. as well. Okay. So she was the oldest of three kids. And apparently she grew up well-adjusted, popular. Yeah. I mean, Got a lot of attention. Got a lot of love. Parents didn't abuse or molest her. Loved animals. And there were only two of them, right? Her and her little sister, Tammy. Three. There were three. Who's the third? 
Uh, I don't know. I just see that uh, she was the oldest. She was the oldest of three kids. She's old. Yeah, I mean, it's something I think about a lot. I was just talking about this with someone. Like, like you say, yeah, no, there's no trauma in her early childhood. Mm -hmm. Like, I just wonder in general, not even just serial killers, but, like, alcoholism, substance abuse, or just generally being self-destructive. Like, obviously, it's a combination of stuff, and there's genetics there. But so often, like, with serial killers, there was a really traumatic childhood. Right. Where it's not okay, but at least you're like, oh, I know why you're fucked up. Yeah, and then stuff like this where I'm like, yeah. Why? This person is just evil. <laughs> yeah, and I just, like, that's, I, I could not fathom just doing demons. any of the things she'd done. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, and I can, you know, I can certainly imagine scenarios where you would murder. Not where I would, like, premeditate and go crazy, but, like, self-defense or right. losing it, crime right. of passion. I cannot imagine ever, like, drugging and helping rape and murder a young girl, or anyone, for that matter. Right. And I just... I want to know, like, what was her inner monologue? Like, how was she justifying this to herself, mm-hmm. that this is okay? Now, after high school, she started to work at a, a vet, veterinarian clinic. And uh, that's, oh, yeah. that's what she did for work, which is even more terrifying because normally the tell, mm-hmm. the tell for a psychopathic murderer is they, they like to hurt animals. Yeah. And she was literally the complete opposite. Ooh, unless she was like an angel of death. Uh, hmm. You think she was? She, you think she was putting animals to sleep that didn't need it? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, no. That's like most of the female serial. I just read about the most prolific My cat serial needs killer a tooth in Europe. Cleaning. <laughs> Why? Oh, what happened? He did, things just it took was, a turn for the worse. It was just his time. My cat is two. Mm, your cat was two. <laughs> so. Oh man. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, and I think like also like saying she was young like so her brain wasn't done developing not mm-hmm. that again I could not have been talked into this at 19 or even 14 right but yeah something clearly twisted was going on and she needed that attention from men that's what's just always crazy to me like women who will just do anything for these awful awful literally men. anything like I don't remember who said it some comedian or writer a couple years ago and I just think it's so great and it's the advice I give to all my friends who date men and yeah. are complaining is dick is abundant and of right. low value nap <laughs> by Mel yeah what's that that's a nap by Mel joke is, is that what it is yeah, yeah. it's so it's so Which is good like viral now yeah ex- exactly people are cross stitching it I'm like yeah. I wish people would credit you for that on their fucking cross stitches that they're selling on Etsy come on <gasps> Yeah, I mean, the next one might be shitty, too. But the great right. thing is there's so fucking many that you yeah. can just throw them away until you find a good one. Yeah, there's literally <laughs> billions of them. And I think like I think I think it was also her first love. Yeah. You know, and her first serious relationship. And there is something I mean, my first big relationship, I look back now. I'm like, what was I thinking? Uh-huh. Like we just weren't compatible at all. But I would have done anything to make that relationship work. And it's just because I liked like feeling like a grown up or like a regular person and like I'm good I'm normal someone wants to date me yeah and so maybe that was it I mean maybe it's low self-esteem mm. my self-esteem is much higher now just for the record yeah. um. <laughs> now at 17 uh she went to a pet convention in Toronto and she met a 23 year old who was described as attractive and charismatic now he may have been charismatic but uh, I think a lot of people were – now, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. But these two were referred to as the Ken and Barbie murderers. <laughs> and here's the thing about Ken and Barbie. They weren't hot. They are just blonde. <laughs> and, and 
skinny and weirdly blonde and shaped. Skinny. I'm I'm so tired of people automatically defaulting blonde and skinny mm-hmm. to attractive because they're not the same thing. And uh, neither of these two were even natural blondes. Yeah, and they both have those dead serial killer eyes. Yes, which uh, Bernardo or Paul, Paul Bernardo was, uh, by the way, apparently his his dad was a fucking psychopath who um, molested kids. Now, we're not going to get into his whole story. There's a lot there, but this show isn't about him, so he can fuck off. Uh, He was 23. She was 17. Let's just start off by saying that his favorite book, American Psycho, yeah. was his Bible. See, and that's when I'm like, I don't think he maybe realizes that that, that book is a satire. satire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, that's he like Republicans who love Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Like, it's that situation. Oh, they do? Oh, they're actual, he's talking about people who don't know he's when a he goes home to South Carolina, that they're like, hey, like, glad you're coming around. Love your show. And there are now that's people so really disappointed by his late night show as he's playing himself. People and that's you know that's the thing to remember is there are a lot of people that just aren't that smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Satire is for smart people. It's not for stupid people. And unfortunately, if you're gonna become a purveyor of satire, you have to uh, come to terms with the fact that there are people who are gonna love what you do for all the yeah. wrong reasons. Yeah, and like, <laughs> you have to be okay with just people not getting it because uh-huh. it's what's never fun is explaining why something is funny yeah. or smart. Yeah. Now listen, see, you didn't laugh. Let me tell you why you were wrong about that. Yeah, so he he was a, a self-proclaimed pickup artist as well. He was a salesperson, used what he learned in the sales community to become good at picking up women. He also studied manuals. I bet he watched, uh, he probably watched Mystery. I bet he's great at nagging. Can we talk about the age difference for a second? Six years. Yeah, I know. Like six years. A minor is not inappropriate in like after mid twenties. I'd see. Yeah, but the thing seven like this, it always makes me skeevy. Even like twenty and seventeen, unless it's special circumstances. One of you is an adult living on your own. Right. This twenty three probably been through college. Right. Which is a lot of experiences. Yes. And a high schooler hasn't had. And working and Mm -hmm. just living on your own. And this girl still lived like I'm calling her a girl because she was not a woman, seventeen as a child. And the fact that her parents seemed to love him, he would stay the night over. Like I just my family that that would not fly. Right. Uh, And you know, despite their faults. Uh I, that is just so creepy to me and that people are okay with this where that's so skeevy. And I can't imagine as a 23 year old being like been out of college and yeah. I was an adult, like being attracted to a 17 year old. Have you seen 17 year olds? They're literal children. They're lit. Exactly. And that's what I like. Um, no offense. If you're listening to the show and you're, and you're under 18, um, I'm sure you in your world are a mature and responsible yes. human being. But and I'm sure you're I adorable. see you as a child, and you probably see me as a fucking old person, right. and that's fine. Because you can never even imagine being 30. That's impossible, <laughs> and that's so old. Um, yeah, and that's the thing is, yeah, you don't think that you're so young. Yeah. And I like, I remember once... I mean, there's probably only three people totally. under 18 who listen to the show, <laughs> and they're probably the smartest yeah. uh, people in their friend group. Yeah, and we love you, yeah. and we would love to be friends with you when you're like 21 and above. Uh yeah, and so that that's just, like you're just not you're too immature and you don't know it and right. that's the big problem. I remember 
in New York uh, and was 19 and was at a friend of a friend's house and she was mentioning she needs a new roommate soon and I was like oh my god because I needed a place and she's like and they need to be like at least 22 or something like I'm and I was 19 yeah. and I remember feeling like well I'm really mature and blah 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 and if I think now of like if I was gonna live with a 19 year old oh, absolutely god. not no. if I had to get a roommate they would have to be like at least 30 yeah. <laughs> you know like there is there is a big difference so the fact that she's and again, yeah, and I do think that there's a big um, red flag if you are a grown-ass man in your dating children. Then the, f- the first day they met, they had sex, and uh, immediately discovered that uh, they were both into S&M. How? So what happened? So they Which had I sex and he hit her. this is terrible for the S&M community, by the way. This is <sighs> bad. This is, uh, I, I, I think that they were both confusing abusive tendencies with sadomasochism. I do think that, like, with sadomasochism, though, that... I think it can be a really fine line, and I think that it's really common that abusers will use will like, gravitate towards the guys the of that, right? Exactly, because like I mean, something that really stuck with me that I read was like you know a man saying, "I love to hit women." So, oh my god, that's bad. No, 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 but I get off to it. Oh, okay, then that's great. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, but. It's one thing if it's between consenting adults. I think it's another thing if it's a teenager that you met yeah, that day. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. she was into puppies. And you're like, oh, bitches love fucking puppies and kittens, right? Let me go to this fucking pet convention, see if I could pick up some of these innocent girls who Maybe are susceptible <laughs> to my fucking shitty pickup techniques. Maybe she'll let me throw puppies at her. Oh. Yeah, guys. Puppy throwing is never funny. Never. Um, I actually, when I was a kid, stole my neighbor's dog because they would. Uh, I saw their kids playing catch with their chihuahua, and so we we climbed the fence at we scaled oh. the back fence at night and stole their dog and do? gave it to our gardener. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. I fantasize about rescuing this pit bull who I don't think is treated very well in my neighborhood. Oh. Um. But yeah, then I just think about how that's breaking and entering and fuck it. I'm working on Get it. Get a kid to we do see it. Them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> They can't get in trouble for it. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah see, there's another benefit. Any under 18 listeners, you can shoplift and there aren't going to be long-term consequences. Oh, it's true. Yeah. yeah. I, not now. Yeah. So enjoy it. That's the only time I ever got in trouble for a, a, a criming. Was for shoplifting criming? as a kid. Um, yeah, and you just got yeah. a little slap they on the They were wrist. like, don't do that again. And I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I'd been doing it for like a year. I'd just been like lifting, boosting shit and selling it at school. Nice. They dated for a few years uh, before, before things got real serious. And Carla, Carla found out that Bernardo was, since he was a kid, actually, Bernardo had been raping people and getting away with it, abducting and raping teenagers. His identity was the Scarborough Rapist. The Scarborough Rapist was an unidentified man who had been uh, abducting and raping teenagers and letting them go, and they would never catch him because uh, I guess maybe no one believed their description. Oh, he was a good-looking young white man with blonde hair. Looked like the boy next door. And they're like, hmm, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me. Are you sure it wasn't a black guy? If you look at the sign behind us... (laughs) No, please don't report any crimes about blonde people. Don't troll us at this police department. Um, that's what, I mean, it's just weird to me. We're getting, I mean, I guess that's, that is also a very generic description, but how one can get away with this stuff for right. so long. And so right. this, was, this was what, the early to mid 90s? Yeah. So yes, I mean, there's fewer security cameras than, than there would be now. But so yeah, so they just had to take people's word for it. And who's going to believe a woman? <laughs> <laughs> 
We say all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and if we're on our periods, oh man, Jesus look out, Christ. boys. <laughs> so Carla eventually finds out that Bernardo has been raping people because he tells her, because he's proud of it. And uh, her response is not, holy fuck, let me get away from this guy who I thought was just a little kinky. Yeah. Her response is, cool. <laughs> cool. This Maybe is I can help find some sacrifices yeah. for you. Maybe I can be a part of this. And I wonder, I mean, was this his plan all along Then find this young, easy, suggestible woman? I don't mean, I meant easily suggestible, not that she's easy. I'm not a misogynist. Um, and this was his plan all along. And then like, yeah, and then I'll get her on the hook for a few years. And then I'll tell her about my plan and she'll be into it. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's more helpful to have access to young girls if you have a young girl because with you. Because women trust women. Yeah. And understandably, you yeah. know, and like I... I would ha- if I were driving somewhere at night and I saw a woman like by herself in a bad part of town, yeah. I would offer her a ride. Yeah. I would not for a man. And and what if that woman is just pretending to be distressed right? so that a man can come out of the shadows and jump in and fucking kill you? Yeah. And that's so sad because it makes you less willing to want to help people. Yeah, I don't yeah, I do not like that and even in the more I listen to true crime, I mean, I I think also just being a woman in general, you have just kind of more of a paranoia and awareness of your surroundings and general safety than men do. Something yeah. really men kind of just take it for granted that, that they're no going to be left gonna alone. Them, yeah. yeah, and even just like not like you know, I luckily have never been murdered, and you know, <laughs> fingers crossed, <What>? uh, <laughs> not even once, um, not even a little, not even <laughs> attempted. Um, I'm you know, I'm doing great. Uh, but yeah, you know, just men are just get up in your space. And I do think, especially if you're a young girl, it's really hard to stand up for yourself. It's something I've really had to learn how yeah. to do to tell someone no, even if, and, and to not care because strangers like to, especially men, they like to use, they'll use whatever they can against you. They'll try to like, for me, it's often like, oh, you don't want to talk to me because I'm black. And it's like, I know what you're, you're doing. I want to talk to you because you're an asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, and that'd be a really good tactic if I were a little like younger and stupider. But yeah. like, I, I don't care. Like that. Like, oh no, I don't want you to think I'm a racist. You're yelling at me. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> yeah. So there. I mean, it's just it's really easy to manipulate again a young mind because they're not done developing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I wonder what would have happened to Carla Face if uh, she had never met this man. Now, 1987 is when he began attacking people, so... They were already together or not? No, 87 would she, be when... She was born in 70, right? She was born in 70, so she so it was right around the time that yeah. they met, and it continued for a few years. Apparently, he was fine as far as his tendencies to want to hurt other people, uh, even after he was abused by his father. Sources say that what made him snap was when he was 16, his dad told him that he wasn't his real dad and that his real dad was a man who his mom cheated on him with. So from that point forward, he was Mm. like, oh, I fucking hate women now, which I don't know if I believe that, but I think he's hated women from the jump. Yeah. And that's that's (laughs) what that's what he's some people say is the source of his misogyny. And men don't, I think even just trying to find the source of a misogyny Mm -hmm. is a silly 
chase because it's just in the culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have internalized misogyny that mm-hmm. I've had to work on. We all do internalized homophobia, racism. Like we all, I really hate when we pretend that we didn't all grow up in the same society yeah. and we're magically immune. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, Ooh, what's the root of this guy's misogyny? I don't know. I'm sure this dad didn't help, but it's very easy to hate women for no reason. Mm-hmm. Just to open a book or turn on the TV. Yeah. Uh, I was just, I'm reading about, Oh Look at this God. sketch. Um, this is the sketch that the police were able to come up with from a few of uh, his initial victims. It just looks like a fucking Hitler youth poster. He looks for me like it's like a sketch in the 20s being, I, I don't know. He looks more normal there. I Apparently I some of his friends were teasing him. They were like, hey, that kind of looks like you. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> what a funny coincidence. Oh, my God. What's going on? What, what jokes hating women have you heard lately? So once they realized that they kind of had the same fantasies of, of I don't know where Carla got, but they had the same fantasies of liking to abuse women. Yeah. And then uh, they also... Which it would make sense that he was attracted to minors because no grown-ass woman is going to be like, yeah, this is how our relationship works. You're the man. I'm the woman. You're in control all the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, that's not how normal relationships between adults work. So they were together for a few years, and Paul apparently starts getting bored. Uh, and uh, he's, he's also mad. That Carla wasn't a virgin when they met. I know. That his big dream was to to take a girl's virginity. So she says, hey, I have an idea. You know who's still a virgin? Oh, my God. My sister. It's like, it's like Katniss volunteering in tribute for her sister, Ugh. but the opposite, but ah. the worst version ever. <laughs> so instead of protecting your younger sister by giving your life to the Hunger Games, yeah. you sacrifice your little sister's virginity, which is in... Sanity. So what happens is, uh, and the, I don't know, I mean, this isn't even the worst part of the story, but when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is the worst. (laughs) Christmas Day. That's right. They wait until Christmas dinner is over, Mm -hmm. and Carla has boosted some. Valium, isn't it? Some sort of. They're, they're some sort of drugs. They're from, two times work. they poison her. The first time it doesn't work as well. In July, according to Bernardo's testimony, he and Carla served Tammy a spaghetti dinner spiked with Valium stolen from Carla's workplace. Now, Bert- where are the parents at this point in time? I think that they're in bed. Okay. Like it's at night. You and know, they're just like, go hey, to bed at nine or ten. We made you dinner. Probably. And that's what I, because I know, I mean, if I were at my parents' house yeah. and my older brother was right. there with his girlfriend. My parents would go to bed, and of course you'd think that they're safe. And yeah. that's what's crazy. You trust yeah. the people around you. Right. Like, there's, because you also, and you don't want your kids to be paranoid and terrified, but I think they'd also known this man for years and considered him part of the family. Yeah. So that's what's creepy. So they made her dinner, and uh, Bernardo starts assaulting her. For a and minute. she wakes up, and then they pretend nothing happened that's yeah it just and then they wait five months because then it is christmas and this time they stole the anesthetic agent halothane right from the veterinarian place so yeah it's an animal tranquilizer and then they gave that to her and well they her while carla she was put it on a rag and held it over her face oh my like God, like chloroforming her so she knew what was happening right and then they 
both assaulted her. She ends up unconscious and chokes on her own vomit and suffocates herself. At that point, they move her to the bathroom, put her in the bathtub, and then call 911 and say they don't know what happened. They just found her that way. And no questions are asked. They just assume that she's a kid who maybe was drinking when she wasn't supposed to and overdosed on alcohol. Remember she also had the chemical burns? She burn? had chemical burns on yeah. her face. And they thought it was unusual but didn't think anything <laughs> further. That's odd. Right? I mean, no need to make a note on this autopsy right? report, but, right? you know, a funny story for dinner. <laughs> They immediately chalked it up to, uh, they immediately ruled it an accident. Bernardo and Carla were completely off the hook. And I mean, and what did her parents think of this? Like, I just, I'm sure they're heartbroken about their child being dead. And then how were they acting? Were, you know, what was her sister and evil American psycho boy, were they playing up grief well? Like, I feel like it's just... It's really obvious when someone's acting weird. Like right. that's the thing. Most people are m- not as good of actors right. as they think. But these two were both raging sociopaths yeah. and psychopaths. So actually, maybe they were really skilled at it. But I mean, because it'd be really obvious if you're not acting sad that your little sister died. Right. You know. Um. And I wonder if maybe she really was sad, or they. They I mean they've justified this to themselves, and that's just really what I want to know. I want to know what specifically her him. I get like I. I don't get it, but I get that some men are evil and do these awful things, yeah. and he's really fucked up. For her, it's like, what was going through your head while you watched your boyfriend rape your unconscious sister? Well, she also and, yeah, participated. And then when you were participating, what are you thinking? Was this fun for you? Were you getting off on this? Was it just to please him? Like, just what, what could possibly be going through your head? Right. She had died three hours after she got to the hospital. Uh, up until that point, she was comatose, so she never... You know, had a chance to. And they could have saved her. Dependent on them. Someone you know? choking on their own vomit, you just have to turn them on their side. Yeah. And then you call 911 right away. Mm-hmm. And it's scary, but like, there's so many ways to fix that. And who knows, maybe she was wanted to save her, but he was like, no, just leave it. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. because she would do whatever he told her to do. Right. And I mean, I'm sure that they didn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know that they were the smartest people, but that's what's just so scary because, you know, like, so. Majority of my experience with cops is Law and Order SVU. Uh-huh. So I'm like, the cops you see on TV, it's like they just they don't let a single lead go and they find the guy. And it's just then you read these like real life true crime stories and it's like, well, oh, you're not good at being cops. Huh? Shit. <laughs> like, like, yeah. It's um, now apparently it later um, comes out that they videotaped the whole thing. That's right. And that's not found out until. I would say more than a year later, because Bernardo and Carla end up moving to their own house. They make plans to get married. By the way, when they write their vows, they don't write their vows as husband and wife. They write them as man and wife to clearly show that Carla belongs to Bernardo. And that is how... I mean, traditionally, that's what they used to say. Yeah. Man and wife. And I always hated that. That's so weird. I don't so even like weird. the Mr. and Mrs. Because when you break it down, it's like there's Mr. And then there's 
Mister's possession. Yep. Which is like Mrs. as the possessive of Mister's. And Mrs. changes, and for men, it's always Mister. Right. You're only Mrs. if you're married. I really hate. I once I nannied for this very kind, very wealthy family on the Upper East Side, and one time she hired me to just fill out a bunch of uh, fancy invitations. Yeah. But I had to write Mr. and Mrs. His Mr. first and name and his guy last choice. Name? And I yeah. went and I would first it's not so do it. I was doing it like <laughs> Mr. Matt Byers and Ms. Ash Fisher, and she's like, "You have to redo all of these." That's <laughs> fucked up. I tried. That's so weird. I'm like, I mean, to be fair, yeah, you're paying me to do this. This isn't mine. But I, and I was 19. And I'm like, well, I'll show them what they, what I think. Yeah, I have only I I got married a couple years ago to a man, and luckily I've only received one Mister mm. and Mrs. Matt Byers, and I was like, oh, oh, cringe. But then there was a hundred dollars in it, and I'm like, I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. Love Mrs. Matt Byers. Um, so 1991, June 7th, Carla invites home a 15-year-old who she met. And at this point, let's see, 1991, she's 21. Carla's 21 yeah, at this so point. she's still young. But again, I didn't ever meet 15-year-olds and invite them to come hang out with me when I was 21. Especially you and your husband. That's yeah. That's a big, That's weird creepy. red flag. I have not, I don't think I ever really liked hanging out with teenage girls. Not like, even when I was a teenager. <laughs> exactly. I didn't like hanging out with um, teenagers. And I mean, they certainly didn't like hanging out with me, so it worked <laughs> out great. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, she gets her drunk and uh, also uh, drops some of that uh, tranquilizer into it and uh, tells Bernardo, hey, I have a wedding gift for you. <gasps> because this is literally the day that they got married. I just hid in my dress that she for that. does this. Ah. And they both assault the girl. And videotape it. Luckily, they do not kill her. What a stroke of luck. But it happened twice. Because the first time... She woke up and didn't remember anything. Mm -hmm. So they get her back to the house again two months later. How? And she All stops right. breathing. And then that's when she's able to recover. She survives. And uh, I believe she, she goes to the police. I'm not sure if she does so immediately. Because on June 14th, now this is seven days after the... 15-year-old's first attack, they find a 14-year-old and bring her back to the house. And was a 14-year-old the one they chopped up into pieces? She had been out drinking with her friends, and her parents locked her out of the house. So she goes to a payphone to call a friend to pick her up. Paul sees her. He's just out and about being a fucking creep follows her back to her house and abducts her. I believe also the reason she went to, to the payphone, if I remember correctly from my research, is her parents had kicked her out. She'd been having Well, yeah, they locked, her, they locked yeah. her out because so she's, she's 14 out. and she's out until 2 a.m. drinking. For, yeah, totally. But then that's all what's also, and then she didn't, she didn't want to ring the doorbell and mm -hmm. like wake her parents up. But that's mm -hmm. what's so terrifying because that's that teenage mindset that makes sense. I'm going to, I'm going to get in trouble if I, but it's like, oh, but the trouble you're going to get in 
because you didn't ring that doorbell. Mm-hmm. And also what I just en- it was shocking to it's me. Picture of her. Oh, yeah, and see, that's a child. And this yeah. is what's shocking to me is that these very young girls are seem to be out doing things when that's not what I was doing mm-hmm. at that age. Uh, I like I was just being 14 and I can't imagine how, who, who would you call at 14 at 2 a.m.? Right. To come pick you up. Yeah. And this is the 90s. This is before cell phones. Right. So, so she you're calling just, a house. Yeah. <laughs> She couldn't just call any of her friends to come help her out. Yeah. You, you got to remember phone numbers. Yeah. Gotta... Remember remembering phone right? numbers. Right? Jesus. <laughs> I don't, I barely remember my own phone number. Yeah. It took me a while. <laughs> the next day, her parents called the cops because they think she just ran away. She has braces. That's a baby. So they, but they held her for two days. They, Strangled her. They kept her on tranquilizers. They assaulted her multiple times. Bernardo later claimed that they were going to release her, but she died. They moved the body to the basement because they need room to uh, entertain. Did she? Would she, did she suffocate or something? She was tied up. Like uh, who knows? They might. She might have overdosed on. Uh, oh right, because tranquilizers or been strangled. But uh, at this point. They're still getting ready for their wedding. And they, you know they those room, bridezillas. They need room to celebrate. So they're like, move her to the basement. So upstairs, oh my God. Carla's family is partying. And downstairs, there's the girl who died while being brutally assaulted by these monsters. <sighs> That reminds me a little bit. Do you know the case of Jamie Kloss from last year? Oh, I might have messed up the timeline a little bit. So so this is happening during their pre-wedding celebration. They're set to be married two weeks later. Okay. Still really close, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, did you know the Jamie Kloss case from last year in Wisconsin? Mm. It's awful. It was the middle of the night, like 2 a.m., Someone's at the door. Um, her father opens the door, this 13-year-old girl, Jamie. A man with a shotgun shoots him in the face. Jesus. Then he goes up, and Jamie and her mother hide in the bathroom. Uh, she makes He makes the mother tie up her daughter and then shoots the mother, kidnaps the little girl, and he had her for like two or three months. He was 21. He had been driving to work one day, saw her waiting what for the, the bus. Saw her waiting it's for the bus and was like, oh, that's the girl. Men are broken. I'm going to take. We need a reboot, you right? guys. Murdered. This, we reboot the, men. This girl's, she ended up saving herself. So Jesus. what he would do, he had this little remote family cabin like an hour away. Yeah. He would keep her under the bed and he took laundry baskets and put weights in them and put them around the bed so she couldn't get out. And it was also Christmas time. I believe he kidnapped her in December of 2018. Oh, that poor fucking He family. had his whole family. Family over oh at my one God. point with the girl and under the bed she's in the other room under the bed and then now hearing this i'm like anytime i go to a christmas party i'm gonna be like What's i need downstairs? to look in your bedrooms <laughs> and your basement like i love you but i'm sorry i love women more <laughs> every single party and i think oh you're not gonna give me the tour of the house yeah, yeah. i'm leaving if i don't get a tour Watch of the whole that house. rattle <laughs> And that's, I mean, I just, this is what is so scary is like the public face and the private face and Mm -hmm. the fact that people could go and do these awful things and then host a party or have people over or even act kind, whether or not they're just like imitating what they see humans do. Yeah. (laughs) What they see (laughs) humans do. So they end up eventually uh, dismembering her and 
putting her body in concrete blocks and then dumping those blocks into the lake where they're having their wedding. Because I guess they, they're like, two birds, one stone. Right. And I just, at our wedding, I just wanted to have a little secret, you know, <laughs> make it special. Something buried, something blue, is it? How does it go? <laughs> something borrowed, something old, something new, something buried, something blue. <laughs> Something old, something cruel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Uh, so uh, a fisherman ends up finding those cinder blocks with fucking legs sticking out. So of them. is it OK? So I thought when I first read about this that it was like he got it was like a bag of cement and he encased the body little pieces of the body in cement. They were, it sounds they, like it was just stuffed. I in. think they encased it and then broke it up into blocks. Because uh, a fisherman found the block, found like a big ass ninety. What are I don't know kilograms, Canada. What's ninety kilograms? Kil- I believe a kilogram pounds? is like one hundred and ninety-eight pounds. Oh, so it's twice as many. Okay, That's right. so they found two, two cement blocks were found. One block had uh, arms and legs in it. The other block had a torso and a head in it, and. The ninety kilogram block was the one that had the torso and the head in it. So that was a that's a lot of cement. That and that's I mean when I first heard that part, I figured oh well they must never find her body because mm-hmm. you're not going to find cement blocks in a lake. But right. it seems like it didn't even take that long. Uh, that's insane. Yeah, and then just even the act of of getting that in your car and driving there like that's Jesus. something I always think about. And did they was it the wedding vehicle? Yeah, does, does it say just married on the back? Were there cans trailing it? Like, so as the as cops are pulling these body parts out of the river, or as cops are pulling these body parts out of the lake, fucking Carla and Bernardo are arriving in a horse-drawn carriage for their wedding. Oh my god, these fucking psychos! How has this not been made into a movie? By the way, it should because I mean, there's clearly like it just seems like. They obviously get off on the secrecy of the like and the, the, parents ex- the extravagance of it. Yeah, because this is intense, and like nothing's gonna get in the way of our wedding. We love each other so much. Oh, it was a white tie affair. Oh my god, that's like that. I found out recently. That's like the fanciest yeah. fancy that yeah. you can do. I didn't know it was. A I thing. thought black tie was as high as it went. Right, <laughs> but no. Like if, no. If you have money, money. Oh my god. Then. Yeah, the ties change color completely. I, I have zero Tails. Have zero things that would be appropriate to wear to a white right? tie event. Don't even invite me. I would say, yeah, luckily I'm in me. no danger of being invited. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever get invited to a white tie event, right? you can be my date. And, and we and, can go and experience it. And I'm not going it. close to the lake. <laughs> so that afternoon, they're on their way to, to Hawaii for their honeymoon. and. Uh, that's when cops are able to finally identify the body as the the missing teen. And that's, I mean, so this girl was reported missing right away. They mm-hmm. thought she ran away. I mean, what did they think happened to this girl? And were the parents, like, there's, what, what I don't know, what do her parents have to say? Right. Who knows? The marriage starts going south when Bernardo gets really into beating up Carla when she's not in on it. I mean, to go from like, oh, I like to be, you know, tied up and get whipped a little and teased to like, 
I need to kidnap a girl, yeah. drug her, torture her, beat her, videotape it, and then that's still not enough. He has yeah. to beat Carla too. So, so at this point, they've gotten away with killing her sister. They've gotten away with killing the 14-year-old and dismembering her. Now, Bernardo is telling Carla, hey, we need to find another girl. So she waits until school is done at this uh, Catholic school close to them. And that's when Kristen, Kristen French, is walking home. And Carla and Bernardo are parked. Carla gets out of the car with a map and is like, hey, I'm lost. Can you help me out? The girl says, sure. Why, why wouldn't she? You know? Yeah. And as she's looking at the map, that's when Bernardo grabs her at knife point, forces her into the vehicle. They take her out into the woods. Kristen is reported missing. The police find her shoe in the parking lot where she was last found. Like a Wait. really fucked up Cinderella. Yeah. So at this point, now keep in mind, this is, this is around Easter time because they like to do fucked up shit around holidays, I guess. Uh, they kept her for three days. They tortured her and they raped her and they made her, made her drink shitloads of alcohol. Oh, that's right. She had, a, she had a chance to escape when um, Bernardo was gone. And Carla instead, like, she begged Carla to let her go, but Carla beat her and said no. So this is what I mean. Yeah, she beat her with a rubber mallet. Ugh. Which sounds really gentle, but I, I know what, like, it's actually really They're huge heavy. and heavy. Yeah, They can put holes in walls. Yeah. yeah. Bernardo, at this point, apparently strangles her I believe eventually with a be- noose tied to their hope chest. Do you guys know what a betrothal hope chest is? I do. It was a traditional wedding gift that was often given. I had friends' parents had that. So it's like a big, pretty chest. And oh, you would Jesus. have yeah, things in it like a quilt or, you know, like linens, like stuff to it's a it's a wedding gift. Very traditional. So Bernardo tied a noose to that chest and then took uh and then strangled Kristen with it and it took apparently seven minutes That's for him insane. to kill her. And yeah, if you look at pictures of her, she's so sweet looking. She just she looks so happy. I'll say she looks like she looks like ev- the captain of every high school soccer team. <laughs> now, that's really messed up. So, they took her body and they dumped it in a ditch. And uh, apparently they'd also like cut her hair off for some reason, probably to humiliate her. Yeah. Because she had, like, really long, pretty hair. Did they keep any of it? Who knows? I wonder if they kept souvenirs. Apparently, Bernardo had already been interviewed as a suspect, and they were like, nah, it's not the guy. That is One guy comes forward and says, hey, I think my friend is uh, the Scarborough rapist, and he's probably killing these girls. And they're like, nah, we don't think so. Meanwhile, these two are changing their names and identities, dying their hair. That's a national Canadian pastime. <laughs> uh-huh. Just change your name, change your hair, move to a different province, start anew on your serial killer journey. So let's go back to some dates here. So April 16th, 1992 is when they murdered Kristen French. May. Wait, 
December 1992. So almost a year later, some DNA samples come back from when Bernardo had volunteered his DNA samples when he was being questioned for rapes before because he was so confident that he wouldn't get caught. It took them a long-ass time to process it. December 1992, those samples finally come back as positive. And so he's brought in for questioning. So wait. Not in regards to the murders, to all the rapes that he had committed when he was uh, younger, several years prior. So, so this is eight months later. Eight, eight months after they killed Kristen French. Okay. Uh, December 27th, so oh. later that month after the DNA results come back, Carla leaves him because he beats her really badly with a flashlight. And you see these pictures here. She has like two giant black eyes. But the pictures are very upsetting. That mm-hmm. I've never seen black eyes like that. Right? She told people it was a car accident, but... They were like, mm, we don't believe that. So her parents ended up pressing charges for her. She goes back to the house because she plans to go to the cops with the videotapes of the murders, but can't find them anywhere. So we had hidden them. February 1993 is when the cops finally get the DNA results from, I'm assuming, I don't know, the FBI maybe? that positively identify Bernardo as the Scarborough rapist. He's arrested, and Carla ends up getting a plea deal in exchange for admitting that they killed all those girls. Yeah, and they don't know about the existence of the videotapes at this point, right? Right. Because <laughs> they can't find them. But she's also just kind of playing it off as like, I got sucked in. Yeah, I was an accomplice, but I was under under the spell of this man, right? Like, she's not being like, we did this together. And I, and I do think he was obviously abusive and it was not a good relationship and there are parts that she was coerced, but then there's plenty where she could have stepped away, mm-hmm. stopped it. She's the one who offers her sister. Yeah. You know, like, she's... And she only got two years for her sister. She got 12 years total by... Yeah. For pleading guilty to manslaughter, she got five years for Kristen, five years for Leslie, and two years for Tammy. Manslaughter for intentionally poisoning and raping your minor sister. Mm-hmm. Cool story, bro. Bernardo eventually tells his lawyer. That's, that's the part I remember. Where the tapes are hidden, and they're in a light fixture in the house. So they find the tapes. Obviously, they don't play video. They don't play the actual tapes mm-hmm. in the courtroom because it would probably be too disturbing for the jurors. But they played audio from the tapes. But this is after she'd already accepted the plea deal, right? Right. Yeah. One reason why this case was really controversial was so she had told police that Bernardo had raped at least thirty women. Thirty. Mm-hmm. I believe they were trying to keep the jury. They were trying to keep the jurors from having access to certain uh, details about the case. Well, I know that there was a publication ban on the names of a couple of the victims because they were underage. I don't Mm. know why it didn't apply to all of them. Right. But there was for a while in Canada, like you couldn't even write about this case because of the publication ban. And then it was actually border states like Michigan, uh, U.S. journalists that were really covering the case. And And because of the Internet. 
yeah you could just easily look up information that you weren't supposed to have access to because right. you could look up and international protected. newspapers and you're protected by the first amendment and right. then i think also um it's like grow- growing up in new york which is a border state it is like i went to canada all the time i've been there a bunch and oh, i yeah. realized that's not very that's not common for all americans but mm-hmm. it's same for like michigan or washington because it's really it's right there so you can go in and out so i think that that's like luckily why we got coverage of it because people in michigan and new york can go over mm-hmm. so yeah in uh, 1995 she gets her 12 years and bernardo gets life he gets okay. two counts of first-degree murder, kidnapping, forcible confinement, aggravated sexual assault, and one count of committing an indignity to a human body. Is that a, is that a strictly Canadian thing? No, we have something similar. There's a case is that, that what happens when you Texas do fucked up year. shit to people after they're dead? Exactly. It's like tampering with a corpse, I Ugh. believe. It's something Ugh. like that in the U.S. So, And then he got a, another. Uh, he confessed to 32 rape-related crimes. Rape-related crimes. Because I guess, yeah, he would rape people and rob them uh, when he was raping random people as a child. So he got life in prison and is not eligible for parole until he served at least 25 years of his sentence, which at this which point... I going to say soon. Yeah, pretty soon. What year was this? 95, 92? Yeah. Oh, look at this fucking asshole. Looks like every other dude on Tinder... That's now, the most skater hair. Yeah. So Carla got out after 12 years and ended up marrying the brother of her lawyer. Yeah, and this, I want to talk about her parents' reaction. Yeah. Because I would really, you know, how do you, I've always been fascinated. They're siblings who've killed other siblings. What do you right. do, especially then if you don't have other children? Well, so, they had one more, so it was fine. <laughs> right, yeah. But I'm saying, okay, so. Uh, They're like, no, we, have, we, we, have, we still have one. We have the good one. You're our everything now. <laughs> Uh, none of Carla Homolka's family members will be waiting to greet her when she emerges from a Quebec prison, her father said yesterday. This is from 2005. Mm-hmm. As re- residents braced for the release of Canada's most notorious female inmate. Karel Homolka, whose daughter will emerge from a federal facility more than 14 years after participating in the drug rape death of her younger sister, Tammy, said he's not ready to rebuild his relationship with the former bride of schoolgirl killer Paul Bernardo. Someday, I guess, Mr. Homolka said. And uh, that's pr- and then they asked, would any other family members be there? No, he replied. So that's great. And they're talking about the residents in. Uh, <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I support them. I yeah. mean, but I'm also I don't know. I know that there are people that really believe strongly in unconditional love. I actually I, I no, don't know that that's really true. That right. shouldn't be a thing where there are con- unconditional you know. love is a cop out. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, I mean, love is always conditional, no matter what you say. And it and should be. <laughs> yeah. And if someone, you know, someone did something like that, no, I, I, I don't want to see them. And I don't think that that's cold hearted. I think that that's safe. And I really I don't know that I believe someone like that can be reformed. Right. But oh, my God, her lawyer's brother. Yeah. What the fuck? Do we know anything about this dude? Apparently he's not picky. (laughs) Oh my God. Now they have three kids. I just keep thinking about when their parents Google their, when their children Google their mother. And, and when their classmates find out about it, because apparently it's a, it's a big thing about children of serial killers have real shit lives, especially in the age of the internet. Because I mean, you get bullied for something as as like yeah. wearing glasses yeah. or having the wrong hair, like or 
or being fat or being skinny or yeah. being anything Having that the wrong makes clothes. you different. Yeah. yeah. So imagine how cruel kids are when they find out that your fucking parents kill people for fun. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I just, I can't imagine uh, then just, yeah. Her and she has two boys and a girl. I can't decide if it's worse if if it's worse to be her son or worse to be her daughter. I feel like her daughter. I don't know. If but I, you know, no one's no one's gonna I mean, no one's gonna date either of them. But for sure, like what woman is gonna wanna date the son of a fucking of someone who rapes for fun? You know? Yeah, sure. Like I at guess. least as a girl as one of the girls, people could be like, Well, girls normally don't do things like that. So she's Probably, fine. probably okay. Probably fine. I just, but I just think being that girl growing up in that home, and especially once she learns about her mother's crimes, if she has them already, mm -hmm. think I would think, am I gonna be next? Right. Is my mother gonna do that to me? Or is she gonna become her mother? Yeah, because I, I think we all kind of fear becoming yeah. our parents. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm trying not to become a bitter narcissist. Uh -huh. Or a delusional old Catholic lady. <laughs> like those are those are my two choices. Uh -huh. And I, I you know and now I, it doesn't seem so bad, huh? Yeah, you know what? I'm like, cool, I'll be bitter about failing at show business just like my dad and <laughs> the circle of life goes on. <laughs> oh man, fuck. Um yeah, and that I mean, yeah, no, that does actually give me a lot of perspective. You know, I'll catch myself saying something where I'm like, ah, it's just like my mother uh -huh. or my father. Great. They're great people comparably. Uh I just can't yeah, and then about, what about their grandparents? Yeah, do they ever see the grandparents, mm. Carell and Dorothy, mm. which are great names. Now, Carla apparently is. Uh, there's been a little bit of neighborhood controversy because uh, her neighbors don't like the fact that she uh, was allowed to volunteer at the local school. That is what is just so shocking to me in general. It seems really easy the to Canadians get a job. Are way too forgiving. Yeah, but even here too, it's like, oh yeah, get a job at your girls' camp. Don't worry. Like we don't background check outside of here. You're a 21 year old man. I'm most 21 year old men want to work <laughs> at a sleepaway camp with a bunch of unsupervised 12 year old girls. Like it's just ah, and then it does make me feel like I hate when it's like, oh, you're being sexist against men if you don't want like men to babysit you or this or that. I'm like, I I don't. If I had children, no. Yeah. I would not. I would not want a male babysitter. Like it's just yeah, I don't know. I it would be great. I know that there are wonderful but men now out I'm there. Like, I, at this point, now, you yeah, now like, you're no, like, I don't want a female no, babysitter. No, no babysitters. And I don't think either of us I, is ever gonna have children, so golden luckily. Retriever, <laughs> a golden retriever can watch my children. Yes. Can Airbud <laughs> come over and fucking babysit? Like that's all I know people. Yeah. No people watching my kids who aren't their parents. So, uh, so yeah, she she was volunteering at a local school, and they finally decided uh, that she shouldn't. So, yeah, she received an unconditional release, which meant that she was allowed to just change her name and move to wherever the hell she wanted to move to. Oh, Canada. What do you think her second wedding was like? Oh, my God. I think it was a big affair. Did she wear white? Hell, Yeah. Was it white tie as well? Brides love to wear white. It's so silly to me. I remember in college once being like, yeah, I don't know. I don't fantasize about getting married. And this British girl was like, don't you want to wear the white dress? I was like, I mean, I can wear a white dress whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one is stopping yeah, you. I ended up wearing a blue dress when I got married. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. You know, I just can't. I'm, I'm like, so what? You're, hey, uh, so bro. I heard your client's getting out of jail. I have to say, I was watching that trial, and she's a fox. She's <laughs> she's probably reformed now. 
Like, what does he think? <laughs> Apparently, she's not allowed to have contact with uh, with her ex husband or the families of the of the teenagers they murdered. Oh, so that's well, that's comforting. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this I was just so shocked when I first heard about this case, and mm-hmm. still, yeah, I remember. Am, I remember yeah. I was a, I was a little kid, and I just remember not being able to understand why they were called Barbie and Ken because I was like, these are just two average looking white people. <laughs> you heard about this when you were a little kid? Yeah, it was on the it was on the news. Holy, I it was a big deal. I first heard about this like a month or two ago. No, I, re- I remember hearing about this as a little kid. That's crazy. Yeah. I do not remember that. Um, because it was something that was so unusual. It was it was not common for women to murder with their partners. I'm going to be on this is early 90s. Yo, and that makes sense. I'm a few years younger than you, so I think I was still probably just like too little. Like, <laughs> too heard. Because I remember so clearly like Monica Lewinsky, OJ Simpson. I remember mm-hmm. being fascinated by that. Yeah. When I was like nine. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to try to wrap my head around this as a child. Right? Oh, I want to like interview her kids. Not really, though. It sounds really traumatic for them, and well, I just. But what are, do they think? How, how old are they now? Wonder they're probably they're... in their twenties now, maybe. No, because she's only been out for fifteen years. Well, Bernardo is in his. Mm, she's forty nine. She got out in two thousand five, so she'd be thirty four. Okay. So her kids are probably like so teens Bernardo's and preteens. Like Sixties now. They were they were six years apart. No, he's fifty five. Okay. Carla Homoko's children. This were... wedding photo was taken. Yeah, this wedding photo. They took this picture. Just after dismembering someone. Isn't that crazy? So happy. Ugh. I found an article from 2016 okay. called Why Carla Homolka's Children Will Pay for Her Crimes. Oh, right. Yeah, that article uh, mentions a few children of serial killers and the difficulties that they experienced. I'm surprised that the FBI doesn't do like a witness protection thing. For kids of serial killers, they should be like, hey, yeah, I sh- mean, this sh- isn't your fault. You want a new identity? Mm-hmm. You, sh- yeah, you, you sh- want new parents? Exactly. And <laughs> like, say, like, yeah, change your name. Yeah, we'll get you like new parents. <laughs> get you a new family. Oh, my God. You, you deserve to start over. And is it, I mean, Hamoka, and she often goes by her middle name now, Leanne. Mm-hmm. So it's like different last name, different first name. Like, I could understand someone marrying her who wasn't familiar, who didn't know who she was, especially if she was going by a different name. Mm-hmm. But her brother's, her fucking lawyer's brother knew exactly who she was. Oh, my God. Yeah. Having children is a hopeful, redemptive act, a literal reinvention of ourselves. I also uh, think if you kill kids, you should be sterilized. You shouldn't be yeah. allowed to have kids. I mean, normally I'm not a fan of forced sterilization yeah. or eugenics. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes, because of the very racist history yeah. of that. Uh, but if yeah. you're a white person who's killed children. <laughs> but no, you know what? Like, Frank, like I, I do. I mean, it is insane that like, you know, you need a driver's license. Mm-hmm. You do, that I think you should have to take a class or pass some tests to, to have children. That, that you're safe for them to be around. Yeah, because frankly, a lot of people just should not have kids. And I like, I'm like, this is such a rosy, lofty view of like, most people have children as a reinvention, an act of hope. I'm like, I think most people have children because the condom breaks uh. and they decide to do it, you know? And I'm like, uh-huh. I mean, maybe that's cynical, but I do think that's true. I don't right. think most children are like planned there are plenty but it's like parenthood is just a thing that can happen by happenstance which is insane mm-hmm. and which is why i've just made sure to never let that happen by happenstance like is is the thing and that ah uh, you just make people with your bodies with your serial killer rapist canadian maple syrup covered body <laughs> uh-huh Ugh. i've waited over an hour to to have a maple syrup joke so so 
you know, I think we as a society need to stop fucking treating female virginity like gold. Yeah. Or even, I mean, just, even just the concept of virginity. Because yeah. nothing changes having something inside you or not inside you. Right. Uh, I remember being told in college, because I'd only slept with women at the time, that I was technically a virgin. That it didn't count. Yeah. 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 <sighs> and I think you made a really good joke about bananas and smoothies. Oh, that yeah, I don't a few tell that joke ago. anymore. Um, I actually think of that it's quite frequently, because it's a really good joke. Right. And uh, it was like, yeah, that's such a great point. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it is something that infuriates me. As if, the, like, the joke is that uh, if you put a banana in a smoothie, you're still having a banana. Like, you shouldn't mm -hmm. have to peel the banana and eat the banana for it to count as mm -hmm. having a banana. And it's a great analogy. And uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is and funny it makes you to think me. Of dicks and blenders. Yeah, so it's exactly. Well, it's funny that like thirty seconds of a dick like roughly thrusting inside you that like that sucks and the like eight hour like we come 10 times <laughs> lesbian sex that I was having when I was a teenager that uh -huh. that's not real I'm yeah. like yeah whatever it's I'm only, having more fun it's not real if you enjoy yeah, it yeah right it's not real if you're both getting off on it and really happy to be there uh shout out to Cindy from college so, uh, <laughs> so so yeah um uh, can we stop calling people hot just because they're blonde uh can we stop overvaluing virginity and uh devaluing yeah. sex that feels good and uh can we start making people who have been in jail for murdering children not be allowed to have children where can people find you do you have anything going on uh yeah i read a column for healthline uh -huh. so you can find all those links at ashfisherhaha.com okay yeah and uh, or follow me at Ash Fisher Haha, and maybe I'll start using social media more again. Are you Ash Fisher Haha on all the socials? Mm -hmm. Okay, and my website. Nice. So it works. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks for having fun. me, Kai. You just listened to episode fifty of Women Who Kill. If you want to follow on the socials, you can find us at WWK Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to send me an email. You can do that at wwkpodcast at gmail.com. You can access the bonus episode over on Patreon at patreon.com slash kaichoice, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.